Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. We are hours away from the opening ceremonies in London. The curtain will rise on the most expensive Olympic Games ever in history. Today, we're joined by Dan Damon, host of World Update for our partner, the BBC. Dan, you're just outside of Olympic Park, right? Oh, Celeste, Celeste, you should be here. We're having this big party and you're missing it. I wish I could be there. You know what I, I want to see perhaps more than the Games? I, I have seen photos and coverage of Londoners grinning. Giddy, Dan. Yes, what? what is, seriously? Are, is, really are Londoners excited? With good teeth, Despite too. They, they've definitely uh, gone to the dentist, too, before all this smiling. <laughs> it's been great. They, they, they are making the most of it, and there's been plenty of moaning, of course, because that's what we do. And certainly uh, some of the parts of the city have become harder to live with. I mean, the transport really is squeezed. Uh, moving around this part of London, East London, is very hard indeed, as I found myself this morning, because trying to walk here, um, I went the very long way around. But it is, nonetheless, it is a great day. And one of the things on the way that this has affected London is just to really bring it hard up against how we were a year ago, when you'll remember the riots, that part of London where the riots began in Tottenham in northeast London uh, where they were setting light to buildings uh, just under a year but a, a, a week uh, before now they were just preparing really to have that riot uh, now they've been celebrating the Olympic torch the flame going through and they're all clapping and cheering so the kind of togetherness in London has been very special the Olympics have achieved that at least but as you say cost a lot of money uh, one, one or two stumbles along the way security we are promised is going to be really good but uh, the problem with one of the private companies that was hired to do this has been a, certainly an embarrassment to many. The army have been brought in instead because the private company G4S simply couldn't come up with the number of people it was contracted to do. But all, all in all, I think everybody really is just in anticipation of a fabulous couple of weeks. Well, Dan, let's take a listen to a, a comment from David Zolkwer. He's a creative director at global brand agency Jack Morton. And you were talking to him about the opening ceremony. Let's take a listen. Like any creative endeavor, it has to start with the idea, you know, the story, the message you want to share with the world. And without that, if you haven't actually got anything to say, then everything else is just going to be seen as smoke and mirrors. What's he talking yes. about there? He, he's talking about what you need to make a really good opening ceremony because he's done a few. He did the uh, 2004 Athens Games, was involved in the opening ceremony for that, and also some of the Commonwealth Games, uh, which also have big opening ceremonies. And his point is that you don't need to have a lot of technology, although, of course, the technology does get cleverer, the projection systems and so on, the things you can do with flying people across the stadium, uh, those are there. But what you really need is a story, a big story and a kind of human and intimate moment uh, and he spoke about Muhammad Ali of course with the torch then he spoke also about that boy on the boat at the Athens Games, that, that's the thing that you really remember. Um, we're told uh, there's this uh, hashtag on Twitter, which is uh, Save the Secret, because some people have seen the rehearsals for the opening ceremony tonight, but they, they haven't been telling. We've been seeing some of the pictures that they've now released, and, and uh, there's lots of dancing, of course, lots of fireworks, lots of color, lots of flame, and we're promised sheep and irony, whatever that might mean. Sheep, with a P, Live, livestock. Yeah, livestock, because uh, the Danny Boyle, you know, um, 
who is the guy who's behind this, uh, he, the Slumdog Millionaire guy, of course, he, yeah. he is saying that he wants to celebrate all aspects of Britain's life and the countryside and its farming and, and all of that. That's an important part of the way we see ourselves. Despite the fact that most of us live in cities, we still do think of ourselves as something of a rural and a farming nation. You, ha- you have some sheep, Dan? Um, I have horses, not sheep. <laughs> horses are tough enough, believe me. <laughs> i got to tell you, they, they've constructed, as I understand, a real meadow with grass inside the Olympic Stadium. That may be, you know, the only grass Londoners see for quite some time. <laughs> no, that's unfair also, because what they've done, that's another good thing. You see, here I am being relentlessly positive. I can't uh, believe it. <laughs> well, the other thing they've done is this site was an industrial wasteland. They had to take away tons and tons of polluted soil, chemically poisoned soil from this Olympic site. And what they've created is remarkable. There is grass, there are hills, and there are the canals, the the little rivulets running through the site. It really does look a very much better place than it was. Now, how much better it is for the people who live around here, because this is one of the very poorest parts of Britain, not just London, uh, then that is another question. A lot of people here, as I walked here, a lot of people wearing the London 2012 uniforms, so obviously they've got some work out of it, but whether when they've gone and when the Olympics are over, whether the jobs will be left behind, whether the site can be used for something for the local community, not just for future big sporting events. That, that's the question. And, and that, of course, comes back to the Londoners' uh, willingness to be sceptical and cynical all at the same time. And, and I wonder, I was kind of amazed to hear uh, Londoners chanting Boris Johnson's name. He appears, the, the mayor of London appears to have emerged as sort of a heroic figure. It is remarkable because he is... A, a bit of a buffoon, and I think he'd kind of own up to that himself. And I, I was fascinated this morning when I was waiting on the platform for my train to come here. Uh, there were groups of people talking about Boris and the games and saying how well he'd done. And, you know, yes, he's a bit of a fool, but we kind of love him. And I think that's right. He has made the most of this. Uh, he, he has identified himself. If you travel around public transport in London, you hear Boris's voice all the time telling you it's going to be the big one and get ahead of the games because, of course, there will be undoubtedly a lot of difficulties. I'm, I'm hesitating to say chaos on our already a struggling public transport system. So, yeah, Boris has done really well out of this. And, of course, the expectation is, he denies this absolutely, that one day he will want to be Prime Minister of Britain. And the way things are going, he's probably earned a few votes. So have you had any troubles with your commute, since you're speaking about the snarled traffic? There is, yes, uh, although the, <laughs> they put a lot of money into the trains uh, and they certainly look a lot better. They've bought some new trains, which is remarkable because we've been traveling around on 40-year-old carriages for uh, as long as uh, I've been here. So it really is uh, a, a, an improvement there. I, I, th- I think the big beef, really, is the Zill lanes, as they're called, these um, purple-painted lanes which are for the Olympic athletes. Okay, you know, you don't mind if you have the Australian pole vaulting team uh, coming on a special lane so they don't miss their event. But uh, what it means is also that the International Olympic Committee executives, the IOC executives, that they are driving around in BMWs on these special lanes and Londoners have to just crawl along beside them. That hasn't gone down all that well. You can't believe it. I can imagine. Dan Damon, host of the World Update on the BBC. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.